2: you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017
0: and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. Nick, what is your favorite Justin Timberlake song? Mm,
1: okay. Okay. Can you here's name the deal a Justin Timberlake with, here's song? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When it comes to this type of music, I know like who sing or I know like the songs mm-hmm. if I listen to them, but I'm not great with like saying, "Oh, this song is such and such." Like the name, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, I know which Justin Timberlake songs okay. I enjoy, but I don't. I couldn't tell you. Besides sexy back. That's probably my favorite. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I think Nicholas Timberlake is bringing sexy
0: back to Kansas yes. behind the three-point line. He, sexy cannot, shooting. Yes. he cannot stop the feeling that we all have of, you know, just having a good player in tow from the okay. transfer portal. Okay. okay, And, you know, you don't have to say bye, bye, bye to... Nicholas Timberlake because he's going to be here for a while. You don't have to cry me a river about him not being here. It's going to be me. Or or, I mean, it's going to be Nick Timberlake.
1: Sorry. I'm I'm giving you like a four out of ten for the execution on that. You're not rocking your body in excitement? I don't even know what that means.
0: (laughs) I think Bill Self, Spring Bill, is having some early summer love about this Nicholas Timberlake stuff.
1: Mm, Okay. What's your favorite Justin Timberlake song?
0: I just named like eight of them
1: well i know but out of which one is your favorite um hmm it's a good question wow i didn't didn't expect you to think this deeply on it. well honestly
0: i there's a part of me that wants to say like uh my mom (laughs) one of his my mom loves justin timberlake by the way really okay one of his uh lonely island sketches those are just funny (laughs) I don't know. Dead and Gone's pretty good. I don't know. There, there's some of his instinct days. Those slaps okay. still, I guess. Okay. Uh, but you better get your Nick or your Justin Timberlake um, albums yeah, ready. Clearly because I was, clearly yeah. I was un- underprepared
1: for Yes, yeah. you were.
0: So he commits to KU. We didn't have a show yesterday because uh, we were airing KU baseball. So we get to talk about it today, which is fine by me. Yeah. KU did not have a commit yet from the transfer portal. Check mark. KU did not have yep. a three-point shooter that you really trusted check mark yep and those are the two biggest things about this okay
1: we're done with the show <laughs> easy enough yeah absolutely listen nobody has to panic anymore right okay yeah. this is the silly thing about this so KU has three well they had three really openings for transfers right and mm-hmm. people were like oh KU doesn't have a commit yet go oh, oh, KU doesn't have a commit they get one commit boom the panic is completely gone you think that's stupid how that works because they still have two other open commits, <laughs> but because they got one, but he's yeah. fine now. Yeah, what? What? <laughs> it's just the it's it's the
0: safety blanket. That's what it is. It's it's knowing that hey, if you miss out on this guy you know you didn't end up with nothing. It's like, you know, it's... I, I knew they weren't going to end up with nothing, though. What's well, like I, thing. So I don't really play the lottery much, so I'm probably going to mess this up. But isn't it like they have, like, a special number on the lottery where if you the just pa- hit that the, the power, the power ball, ball, where you just get, like, 100 bucks or something like that? I don't that. know how much you get, but I sure. think, yeah, if you hit the power
1: ball, you, you do win something.
0: Okay, so that that's, like, what this is. Like, KU hit the power ball number where they don't know that they're going to win the lottery. Like, Hunter Dickinson would be winning the lottery, but they yeah. know that... At the very least, like, hey, I got like a hundred bucks. I got two hundred bucks. Yeah. I got well, something you know, in my pockets.
1: All of the Hunter Dickinson frenzy. We've talked about how arguably KU's biggest need was somebody who could shoot from three, like, consistently and at a high volume. Not necessarily Hunter Dickinson, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Hunter Dickinson gets all the attention. He's the number one overall transfer portal guy. He's seven one. He's really, really great. Averages nineteen and 9, 20 and ten. But for KU specifically. Their, maybe their biggest need was a reliable three-point shooter, a guy who could reliably shoot threes. And Timberlake was by far, I think, the most reliable transfer portal option when it came to just strictly shooting. And that's why he was a Kansas target. And this is a, a fantastic commitment for KU. And it's interesting because, really, a lot of signs kind of indicated he might be considering going to UConn. And the fact that he flips to Kansas, spring bill in effect, lightning strikes... Boom, Kansas. So there you go. Now you feel very, very comfortable with your three-point shooting situation. However, I will say I still have some questions about that because Kansas lost like 85% of their three-point makes from last season between Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, even Joe Yesfu in there who made like 25 threes last season. 85%. Nicholas Timberlake is not going to cover that up by himself. So I think there is still there is still some room for Kansas to look for another guy who can shoot from the perimeter because unless DeWan Harris is shooting forty percent next year on double volume from this year, and and Nicholas Timberlake ends up, you know, shooting forty five percent or low forty percent, which is what he's done at Townsend, but obviously coming to a you know, and a bigger spotlight at Kansas, that's still not enough to make up for what you're losing if you're Kansas. So there are still I do still have some questions about what they want to do in terms of continuing to try to fill that out. Now, if you a guy like Hunter Dickinson, again, another 40% three-point shooter, but on low volume as a stretch five. So, again, you're still not – you still the 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 scales are not balanced quite yet in terms of what you've lost. Right. And Nicholas Timberlake is definitely a guy who's going to be a reliable three-point shooter for KU, but is he going to have the same volume as Grady Dick? Probably not. Probably not
0: because of the playing time. It, yes. If you just look at last season, Timberlake took more threes than Grady did. He also shot them at a slightly higher percentage. But that was Nick Timberlake playing 35 minutes per game and Grady Dick playing 30-whatever minutes per game at Kansas.
1: Whereas what's Timberlake's ceiling for, at KU at in KU, terms of minutes per game? Like 25?
0: 25? Yeah. 26? I think uh, there, there's a chance. Well, we'll see what else they do in the portal. Um, if they bring on another combo guard, it maybe lowers that a little bit. Uh, and there's a chance, you know, we'll get into the defense here. But if the defense doesn't come around, then maybe he is just a 10 to 15 minute per game guy off the bench.
1: Yeah, and maybe he becomes more of like your Jalen Coleman. Exactly.
0: Guy. Now, I think the median outcome is 15 to 20 minutes a game. The high end is is probably 25 for him there. But yeah, that's the point. It's that. You know you have a great efficiency three-point shooter, but you're right, you're not done yet because of the fact that you haven't totally made up for Grady Dick's volume just no. because he's not going to play as much as Grady. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, think. and
1: then you throw in Jalen Wilson's volume and everything else like there's still room for Kansas to continue to add in that from that standpoint, right? So now as of right this moment, you have basically two open transfer scholarships left. Obviously there's still some stuff up in the air in terms of Kevin Nicola in terms of Kyle Cuff. Uh, in terms of maybe some freshmen who might be released from the NLI, I I don't know. And there's still room to be made. Now, if you look at Hunter Dickinson, again, another guy who can shoot well, but on low volume, right? At this point, like, if you have five guys that shoot 40% from three, but they're all shooting one three a game, that's not really a recipe for great success, Mm -hmm. right? You you you, You need somebody that can be more of a volume guy. And Timberlake might be that guy, right? I mean... If he only plays 15 minutes a game, he still might be putting up four threes a game in those 15 minutes, if that's what he's asked to do. But certainly this is a this is a big, big commit for Kansas, and the timing of it is obviously also very intriguing with the Hunter Dickinson visit starting, with Arturio Morris on his visit as well. So the timing of it I don't think should be overlooked either because now Hunter Dickinson comes in and you can say, hey, listen, we got a guy on the perimeter that can shoot. If you want to come here and you can post up and, you know, if a team's going to double, kick it out, shoot threes, ways you can move around that, whatever, like, that's that's a pretty good selling point of, hey, we just got this guy also that committed literally the day you're coming to visit. Yep, exactly. And uh, whether he's a starter and
0: beats out like, an you know, El Marco Jackson, or if he's just a bench piece that even comes off and gives you more three-point shooting, more bench scoring than you had all of last season. Yeah. Either way, it's a positive. Either way, it's a yes. big
1: boon for KU moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Either he is a starter, like you said, or he's your sixth man who is very much better than what you got from Bobby and Joe off the bench from the guard position last year.
0: Yeah. Uh, When you look at his stats, uh, you're talking about 41.6% from three this past season. Shot really well against top 50 and top 100 opponents per Ken Palm. Uh, He was also 84.5% at the free throw line. Year before, he was at 40.6% from three, over 80%. On uh, three-point shots. If you watch some of his highlights, though, he does have a little bounce to him. This isn't just a, you know, oh, just shooter who that's all he's going to do. Now, that's going to be the majority of what he's asked to do. So I'm not trying to say that, like, he's going to be some superstar (laughs) coming in there doing what Grady Dick was. But you see a lot of highlights of him showing some bounce, throwing some dunks down. That he does have a little off the dribble game, whether it's to hit a three or to throw down a dunk, like solid enough rebounder at like four per game. I think his defensive rebounding rate, albeit in the CAA, not in the Big Twelve, <laughs> was like right around what like Grady Dix was. Now again, Grady's taller and did it in the Big Twelve, so yeah, I'm Tim not Blake saying he's better at it. Six five, I think. Six four, two hundred and five pounds. So he's built well, experienced player. This will be his sixth year of college. I think experience is always a good thing. Um, especially when you mix it with having, you know, four freshmen coming in and everything. Uh, this is a kid that is going to help you in a lot of different ways yes. just the multitude of ways he can get his threes off and working off the ball off of screens those sorts of things he's going to give some improvement there um and then you look at his his like synergy profile it's very interesting um so if you look at the defensive side of the ball you're going to be like oh no <laughs> because he ranked in the 4th percentile fourth yes yikes this past season
1: i mean i could probably rank in the fourth percentile on defense
0: well but i will say the year before he ranked in the 62nd percentile so was that a situation maybe uh, on
1: his team it was like hey go score and do nothing else
0: correct like this past season where he was the guy now the year before that he was sixth percentile so that's not great um but (laughs) you know where he was the guy he had less energy to exert on the defensive end. I'm not trying to say he's going to be some like great defender. My point is that that's going to be the biggest uh, variance for how much he plays with KU. If the defense doesn't come around and, and he's the fourth percentile defender, KU still has a need for the three point shooting. Regardless, so yeah. he will play 10, 15 minutes a game.
1: But Bill if, Self will make sure that he doesn't. play He won't anymore. be a starter. He <laughs> yeah, he won't
0: be trusted in crunch time. If he can get the defense to just being you know that that junior or. Whatever his fourth year of play, because last year was his fifth year of play season, where he's, you know, an average, above average defender by CAA standards, which maybe makes him, even, a, like even a, if he's a below, like a below average, average defender at yeah. the Big 12 level, he can play
1: 20, 25 minutes a game, and that's yeah. where you come up with well, the biggest. again, it's not like hit. Grady was the greatest defender in the world either. He just did a lot no. of other stuff, and but again, Grady, the thing about Grady, though, was you could tell that he he really wanted to be a good defender, right? So, the, there's an attitude aspect to it, right? Like, if it's one thing if you're bad at defense and you just don't care. If you're not very good at defense but it's clear that you're improving and trying and whatnot, I think you'll get a lot more leeway in terms of how much you'll be able to play. So that'll be the big question, I think. And, and I would assume, given the reputation of Kansas and the reputation of Bill Self, that Timberlake is very much aware of the fact that he is going to have to play some defense if he wants to play extended minutes for KU. I'm assuming he has I'm assuming he has to be aware of that right
0: yes I would so, think so yeah and, and going back to that conversation like the idea that you don't have to be the guy that now you're the fourth or fifth option that you're not having to create as much for the team yeah. you should have more energy to kind of exert there yeah um this guy was an elite spot up shooter 1.24 points per possession on spot up shots that ranked in the 94th percentile of the country you might be wondering is 1.24 points per possession good? Well, here you go. Last season, this is just raw data, so not adjusted to opponent. Toledo led the country at 1.176 points per possession. That's pretty good. So spot-up shots for this guy turn out pretty well. He also was good off of screens. He was very good off of handoffs, which KU does a good amount with. A very good off pick and roll. Obviously that'd mostly be DeWan doing that, but it's nice to have it in your bag. And he was a pretty good cutter. I mean, he didn't do it a ton, but he was in the 85th percentile in, in very, very low volume on it. Um, and then you go back the year before, like the spot-up shooting still good, but he got even better at it last season. So uh, knockdown spot-up shooter, that's just super nice to have on your team. If you can get Hunter Dickinson, it almost makes you model this uh, this team next year like the 2019-20 team. You had the force inside with Udo Azubuki. You would have Hunter Dickinson. You have the uh, point guard who can isn't necessarily known as being like a shooter, but, you know, Devon, his skill was driving, getting to the rim, but both were good at like getting steals in the defensive side with with Dewan Harris. He's more of a facilitator type. You'd have the Isaiah Moss type on that team. This team would have the Nicholas Timberlake. Um, you would have some like athletic wings kind of around those guys which you're trying to fill the roster with. so I, I wonder if that's kind of the the build that that maybe they're going for at this point in time.
1: Uh, but you had to have a guy like this
0: and and yes. that's super important.
1: yes, and we talked about it. Timberlake is was by far the best slash most experienced shooter in the portal at this stage. And that's why Kansas was was very much on him. And that's one of the reasons why he probably came to KU is this was this was a glaring, glaring need for Kansas. I know people talk about Hunter Dickinson and what he can bring to KU and we've talked about it. Like if KU doesn't land Hunter Dickinson, there's no guarantee that they would try to go out and get another center. Like that's not that that's not an absolute need for Kansas in the same way shooting was right so this this commit like if you get Hunter Dickinson it's the best commit number 1 overall transfer portal guy the best commit but timberlake might be maybe one of the most important ones in terms of just having that that ability to have a shooter on your on the team right i mean yep. that's so critical that you have at least at least one guy who is just a pure open 40 to 45% knockdown shooter.
0: Well, think about it. Bill Self will set up some actions where if they do have that that imposing big man down low, like Hunter Dickinson, you throw him the ball on the block, you set up Nicholas Timberlake on the same side. If they double-team Dickinson, yep. who is a good passer, he, boom, he kicks it out to Nicholas Timberlake, who shot
1: 43.7% on spot-up threes last season.
0: Yeah. sounds like a recipe that, for
1: success. That is something that you were desperately, desperately needing with no more Grady Dick, with no more Jalen Wilson. No more Kevin McCuller. Even though Kevin McCuller wasn't a great three point shooter, but still the point stands is that he was the guy that made threes for you last season. Mm-hmm. So, yes, a very, very, very important commitment for Kansas. And uh, again, I think depending on how things pan out, if you get Hunter Dickinson or whatnot, and throughout the season, this may end up being maybe the most important. I, I understand that Hunter Dickinson's number one overall and is the top transfer guy, but just this this was the guy that was the best shooter in the portal. And for Kansas, you were a team that at the time, right now, your best shooter was, what, DeWan Harris on 1.2 threes per game or however many threes per one point, whatever the, whatever the number was. Mm-hmm. So getting a volume shooter who is very efficient was, I think – the biggest need for Kansas yeah. and they got it.
0: And it gives you another guard in there. Um I don't think you'd want him being like a point guard, but if he's your, you know, fifth option there, it's always nice to have depth of options. He'll probably play mostly at the 2. I do think we will see some lineups out. I mean, we saw it wasn't a ton. We saw some lineups this year where they threw out Dewan, Bobby and Joe all together. Yeah, and I think that, uh, playing DeWan, El Marco, and Nicholas Timberlake is is better than is, that. You have more yeah. size at the two and three. You have more shooting at the two and three in that situation. I'm not saying that's going to be a primary lineup, but could you see that five-ish minutes a game? Like, sure,
1: could be. Yeah, if you have if you get some if you know KJ's in foul trouble, if you know your bigs are in foul trouble, whatever, that easily could be a lineup piece. Yeah. So where this leaves KU in terms of
0: uh, scholarships, all that sort of thing. So right now, KU has the four freshmen in uh, Jamari McDowell. Marcus Adams, who just signed. Chris Johnson, who weirdly enough has scrubbed like all notions of KU from his social media, so I don't know if that means something. Um, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, we'll just kind of leave it open till we see anything.
1: I am not a social media psychology yeah. expert. It could mean anything, right.
0: El uh, Marco Jackson, so you have those four freshmen in. You have your currently what would be five returners with DeWan Harris, KJ Adams, Ernest Uday, Zuby Edgefer, and then Kyle Cuff. Same kind of thing is like Well, we don't totally know there, but right now he's back, so we'll count him in there. So that gives you nine players between that, and then Nicholas Timberlake gives you a tenth, which would leave you two scholarships open if you go down to 12. Now, obviously, Kevin McCuller comes back, gets you to one. I'm not expecting that to happen, so I'm expecting two.
1: Yeah, there was some buzz around that in the last couple weeks, but I feel like it's died down, and I feel like it might be less likely now. Yeah.
0: Um, And you gladly take him if he wants to come back, but I'm just not expecting it. So that would leave you with two scholarships. And obviously you're going after Hunter Dickinson. Uh, we'll talk more about some of the the transfer portal stuff coming up, but basically allows you to get for sure one wing. If Hunter Dickinson does pick KU, there's your other one. If he doesn't, then maybe you're picking another wing. Maybe you're taking a combo guard. Who knows? Maybe they're going to even, you know, one of these guys is no longer going to be on the roster. But um, I think at the guard position, you you feel comfortable. like. The way that I view the guard position now is the same way I view the center position, where it's like, yeah, if you can add a Hunter Dickinson, do it, right? If it if it moves the needle, do it. If you can add a guard that moves the needle, do it. But you don't have to now. You don't yes. have to. You have your, your, your point guard with Dwan Harris, your backup point guard on Marco Jackson. You have a guy who can play minutes at the two and the three with Nicholas Timberlake like they can fill up all those minutes. If Kyle Cuff's around, he can kind of fill in at the backup one and two roles as well. That... In you know Chris Johnson maybe can handle again we don't know what's gonna happen there but um, point being that it's it's not the worst idea in the world to add another ball handler or another combo guard or a guard or something if the right player is there yep but you don't need to now it's not a necessity and that's a good thing
1: yes I think so too I think now you're looking at you still would probably like another wing I would think if you're Kansas for sure and again with the hundred Dickinson thing like. It might be a situation where if you don't get Hunter Dickinson, maybe you just go out and get two more wings, and then you just load up on wings plus DeWan and Omarco and and uh, Timberlake is like your mm-hmm. one and two guys. Load up on wings, and then you just roll with Ernest or KJ as your as your big again. Yeah, and I I think that um,
0: I I've kind of talked about this before. Like ideally, you would like to have another center in there
1: because... Because, what, you've only got Ernest and Zuby, right? And right, and last like technically year you had, And last year you had injuries. Right. That really affected it. So what happens if one of Ernest,
0: Zubi, or KJ gets injured... Which Zuby got hurt last year. And then one of those other guys in the game gets in foul trouble. Now you have one center left. Yep. You know what I mean? Which that's... Which that's basically what happened in the Arkansas game. Yeah. I mean you had two centers get so imagine if one guy gets injured and then the next two get in foul trouble like happened in the Arkansas game. Who would be the center? Exactly. You're gonna play (laughs) two hundred five pound Marcus Adams at the five? You know what I mean? Like that's not gonna work. So you need somebody else. who doesn't mean you have to bring on a center. Obviously, if you get Hunter Dickinson, that solves that. Yeah. But like a guy like Harrison Ingram, for instance, Yeah. he's 6'7", 230 pounds, as a 7-foot wingspan. Yeah, I'm similar, not saying, similar build to KJ. Sure. I'm not saying that that he is a center or that they would use him that way, but I think you want, ideally, a fourth guy of coverage as your emergency center, and he could be that. So he can fill that role, and that would allow you to bring on two wings at that point in time. Uh, we'll talk more about what's available in the Transfer Portal, the latest on recruiting all that stuff. We're also going to talk more about that with Michael Swain of Fog.net in about 15 minutes from right now. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN, KLWN.com and the KLWN app. Depend on it. <laughs> Welcome back into to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Joined now by Michael Swain of Fog.net and 24-7 Sports. Uh, so Michael, the the big I don't know, goings around right now of KU involves the visit of Hunter Dickinson, who is the white whale for all these uh, high-level schools to try to reel in the number one transfer portal prospect out there. And it seems like, uh, as as there has been, you know, multiple other suitors with the Villanovas and Georgetowns, it seems like Maryland and Kansas maybe have kind of risen to the top here. But uh, today there was news about a Kentucky visit being scheduled What do you kind of make of the pursuit for Hunter Dickinson right now and and where everything's at?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, generally information is kind of hard to come by. And, you know, Hunter's making that a point where he's not talking to a lot of people, and I don't think his people are really talking to a lot of people as well. But I think if you talk to just people nationally, it seems like, you know, KU and, like you mentioned, KU Maryland are kind of the top two. And then really there's a second tier that involves kind of Kentucky – Georgetown, Villanova, and some might even throw Arkansas in there as well. And so for him to schedule the Kentucky visit, you know, for me, it's one of these deals where if you're someone like Hunter Dickinson and you've got all these suitors, take the visits. Why not? See what is out there, see what schools can offer you and then go from there and make an informed decision. So I think for KU fans, I don't think he, you should be really too concerned about him scheduling, you know, a Kentucky visit off the back of the Kansas visit. I think he was, it was going to be a question of, okay, is he just going to do the two unofficial visits to Georgetown and Maryland and then take the visit to Kansas and then shut it down? Or was he going to take all these officials and it seems like he's going to take a lot of visits? So it's only situations where now it's just Kansas has to put its best foot forward on the visit. You know, it starts today and from there just really hope that they're able to put on a really good show for him and show him that, you know, the team will be built around him and he can have success on the court himself, but also maybe off the court with his own name mentioned and likeness as well
0: if if they do miss out on Hunter Dickinson, do you view them using that scholarship on a different center that they would try to find like a backup option? Or do you think they would almost just be like, no, he's a special case. We don't really need a center. Uh, we would just use it on a wing or or some combo guard.
2: Yeah, I, I'm honestly fascinated by that in by that, that situation because Bill Self has come out and said that He wants another big man, you know, a guy that's more proven than what AU has in Edge for, and Ernest Jude and even KJ Adams, if you want to consider him in that kind of race for the starting center spot. So I think realistically, if they miss out on Hunter Dickinson and they don't really see an immediate player that can play at the level at Kansas and elevate that kind of center position, then I could definitely see them moving on and, and getting another kind of big wing, we can maybe play the three and the four, um, you know, maybe someone like a Jalen Tyson from uh, Texas Tech might make some sense there as well for that position. So I think if they miss out on Hunter Dickinson, I think it'd be really fascinating to see what the next move is because he is a special player and there aren't any other centers in the portal that are at the same level as Hunter Dickinson.
0: Well, Nicholas Timberlake has committed to KU. That came down yesterday. Seems like a pretty perfect fit for KU in terms of his ability to to shoot the basketball. Uh, what do you envision his role being on the team? Do you, do you envision him having a real shot at being a starter? Are we talking a bench guard here? Uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance he could be a starter for Kansas. And I think it all kind of depends on what they do. If they go and get another guard, then I think he probably ends up being someone that plays a lot more of kind of the three But right now I envision him being a guy that, okay, maybe he starts at the two alongside DeWan Harris. And then that allows you to line up those rotations a little bit easier. Or maybe, you know, DeWan comes out after the first four minutes and El Marco Jackson comes in and then he's on the floor. And then, you know, DeWan comes in for Timberlake, or maybe all three of them play together. So he's the type of player that I look more minute-wise. I think we'll probably be in that 20-minute range, maybe 25 minutes on the on the high end if. You know, he ends up showing that he can do all the things that you need to do to be a high-minute player under Bill Self, right? Rebound, defend, don't make mistakes in terms of just the mental side of the game. And if he's able to do all that, I could see him being a 25-minute-a-game person, but I don't think this is a guy that's going to play the same amount of minutes or really get the same amount of shots that Grady Dick did last year.
0: We're talking with Michael Swain of Fog.net here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Uh, the other visit that, that seems to be going down right now, Artario Morris, that's obviously a, a bit of a different situation with the off the court stuff. I, I I don't know. Maybe with the visit still going on, this this isn't something that you're privy to. But do you do you get the sense that KU feels comfortable with the off the court stuff right now, or, or does that is that the whole purpose of the visit just to try to clear some of that stuff up?
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a big topic conversation um, on the visit that I believe kind of wraps up. Uh... Thursday, I think i will probably be on his way home, considering he got in on Tuesday. Um, that's obviously going to have to be a big topic of conversation because if Kansas does take him before the trial date, um, which I believe right now is set for June, you know there are going to be questions that self and you know people around KU are going to have to answer uh, about this situation because it is serious, right? This is a, a formal charge, a formal trial going on, so it's a serious subject. And I think that that's going to be one of the big topics that they will have talked about during the visit um but what i can say is at least from the player's perspective from what i've heard you know arterio did enjoy the visit likes kansas i think he's high on kansas for me i look at the coaching staff and just say all right you know what's kind of the decision making process going to be here just considering all the factors of everything that's going on around him
0: when you look at just the on-court fit of it um I i think that'd be uh probably a very good fit for a Bill Self team but what do you think that would mean for you know Timberlake and Elmarco Jackson if they did bring him on just from the on court side
2: yeah yeah for sure i think that if you look at him as a basketball player you know he's going to guard he's going to defend and i think he's the type of player that we heard this past year right bill self talk a lot about what he loved about texas was the fact that they had you know Marcus Carr Serge Barry Rice and Tyrese Hunter three guards for two spots basically for all you know, the 40 minutes of the basketball game. Well, I think they're going to try and get somewhere close to that, where maybe you have El Marco, DeWan, and Artario being that kind of main three for kind of the main two backcourt spots. And maybe in that situation then, right, Timberlake is going to be more of your three-man um, than maybe he would be closer to being kind of a guy that plays the two. And so I think on the court it would fit. i for me. I look at the shooting numbers, right, um, not great. Overall, I didn't play a ton last year at Texas, so – Not a guy that maybe we have a really huge sample size for, but in terms of the high school recruiting background, in terms of his athletic ability, you know he's going to defend. You know he's going to buy in on that side of the floor. And he just does a lot of stuff that I think Bill Self, in terms of what he looks for in a guard on the basketball floor, I think he checks a lot of those boxes. And I think for me, I just look at the the shooting part of it. How is he going to fit alongside you know El Marco Jackson because we don't know how well he's going to shoot the ball, right? You've heard about improvement from El Marco. You don't know how well he's going to shoot it. And then Dewan Harris is he going to be able to shoot forty percent from three? Um, and maybe in a little bit different setting than he was this past season.
0: When you look at the the scholarship allotment, the scholarship number that KU has, uh, kind of in flux right now because well, you don't really know what's going to happen with with Kevin McCuller or, or I guess Kyle Cuff at this point. Um. Is Kyle Cuff still the most likely player that if KU does need another scholarship that he would go or or could it be someone else? I know there was the uh, Chris Johnson scrubbing his social media today. I don't know. Sometimes I think that stuff gets gets overblown, but maybe it's something like uh, <laughs> if KU's to open up another scholarship, basically, I guess, what do you think is the most likely route for that to happen at this point?
2: Yeah, I think the easier one is to say cuff, right? Because I think Bill Self has been pretty adamant that, hey, Kyle's not made a decision yet. They're still discussing things. And I think those discussions will run all the way through May 11th when the portal closes. You know, high school, you know, national letters of intent aren't really as binding as they probably were, you know, five, six years ago. seems like a lot of times now if a player requests out of his, you know, NLI, he'll get out of it. It's not you're not seeing a lot of schools hold a player hostage. And if Chris Johnson decides he wants to try something different, I don't think you're going to see Kansas hold his feet to the fire or anything like that. So, you know, I think really you're looking at the numbers. I think Kyle Cuff probably is the more likely of the two, but you mentioned Kevin McCullough there. I think it's—I don't see any world in which Kevin McCullough is playing college basketball next year. I think he's one of these guys that's probably just ready to move on with his life. So for the scholarship spot, right, you're thinking three right now. If they get to four, it's probably going to be Kyle Cuff. I don't really see a world in which it gets to five.
0: How possible is in today's day and age basically buying an extra scholarship with the NIL usage to basically have a kid walk on and, and pay them enough to pay for the scholarship? Is that something that you would not be surprised if at some point down the road here Kansas uses? And I guess a, a quick follow up to that. Um, does the NCAA IARP case where basically they said, hey, we're going to take a reduction in scholarships, does that basically, uh, at least from Kansas, while they're waiting for the case to wrap up, prevent them from doing it so that the NCAA or IARP doesn't go, well, what do you mean you took a punishment? You just skirted around it like like would they have to wait till after that yeah. uh, ruling comes down.
2: Yeah, no, I totally—that's a great point, right? I think the optics of doing that, when you're still waiting to hear back from the IARP, I don't think, optically, that looks great. I think you're going to see college coaches trying to take every avenue possible to build the best roster they can. And I don't know how long it's going to take before a college coach tries that, honestly, because I know you can transfer and choose— to be a walk-on right schools can't take away the scholarship but you can a player can choose to become a walk-on i look at tyler harris a really good example some that played at memphis transferred to iowa state as a scholarship player but then transferred back to memphis as a walk-on so that they were able to have you know basically because we're a full-on scholarship so i think a school will try and do that um with the way bill self and how competitive he is it would not shock me if at one day. You know, next year, two years from now, Kansas tries that. Um, I just don't know if before the IARP punishments come out, if Kansas optically can be trying to get around something that's a self-imposed punishment. Um, I think it's one of these things that maybe down the road you see KU try and delve into.
0: I did want to ask you uh, something about football. So switching gears to sure. that, what is the latest on, on how KU is situated with the transfer portal headed into the summer and, and what exactly they're looking for?
2: Well, it's going to be a polar opposite to last year. You know, if you remember last year, Derek, you know, it was all about who is KU going to go and add, right? They needed to fill scholarship spots. Well, KU is now in a position where they got one scholarship, probably they're going to be able to work with this spring, and it's probably going to go to a defensive end. You know, that group was really banged up during spring ball, and Lance Lapel kind of gave them an incomplete grade. And it seems like they're, that's really the one position they're going to look at outside of that. They've rebuilt the offensive line room. The wide receiver room has kind of the bodies that they want. The quarterback room's good. Defensive line outside of defensive end, you feel pretty good about, it, especially defensive tackle. And so, right now, it's going to be for this coaching staff get that defensive end from the portal and then go and hit the high school recruiting ranks. Go make this a really, really strong high school class. And they're up to a really good start with Andre Gibson and Isaiah Marshall and Red Martel. So, It's going to be kind of the first time in a long time, I feel like, for KU that a summer is going to be spent mostly focusing on high school recruiting. All
0: right, I have some uh, either-ors to finish up here. Um, The old crossover questions make things a little more difficult to finish off. All right, uh, first up, uh, what happens first? KU football or KU basketball lands a, a transfer commitment, obviously, from here on, not including Nicholas Timberlake.
2: Yeah. Oh, give me basketball. You know, I still look at Harrison Ingram and I say next week, let's see what happens. Um, and football, it's gonna. I think it's going to be a minute just cause the spots are so competitive,
0: which is the first to land their next high school commit for the class of 2024.
2: Now that one, I would definitely go with, um, the football program just cause basketball, I think you're going to see it be another summer where maybe it's into July, August before you see high school commit. And If KU doesn't get another high school commit until August, they're going to be in some trouble with the high school class. So I think June will be a big commitment month for KU football.
0: And the last one uh, next week is the NFL draft. Lonnie Phelps, Earl Bostic, who gets drafted first?
2: i think lonnie phelps does um i just don't know strength wise if bostic has those numbers to get drafted but i think someone will look at phelps and kind of think what someone did with kyron johnson last year where, hey this is a special teams guy maybe get situational reps defensively um i think he's someone that might have a chance to get drafted
0: He is michael swain you can check out all his work fog.net and in 24 7 sports appreciate the time michael as always is there anything you want to plug any sales or anything going on right now for you guys
2: yeah definitely um check out fog.net got a lot of insider k basketball and football recruiting coverage um you can sign up for vip get your first month for one dollar so come test it out see what you think all
0: right that's michael swain fog.net 24 7 sports appreciate the time man
2: definitely thanks Derek. always enjoy it all
0: right thanks to michael for joining the show this is uh rock shock sports talk on klwn one hour down two to go we are going to Head into the transfer portal. We'll take some of that uh, knowledge that we just learned from Michael Swain into our next segment into the transfer portal here on RCST. We also uh, have plenty more to talk about with, I don't know, different recruiting stuff for KU football, KU basketball that's been going on over the past couple of days. We obviously didn't have a show yesterday. We've got uh, a little chief stuff we want to talk about. We're going to be releasing the top four seeds in every region coming up in the five o'clock hour for RCST Trivia, which starts next week. And we've got uh, some more fun content coming later in the 5 o'clock hour. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, klwn KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. We'll release the top four seeds in each region for RCST trivia coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. We've also got an edition of Lie Detector Test. But off the top of the 4 o'clock hour, we head into... The Transfer Portal. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to the average basketball fan. It is a dimension as large as Wilt and as timeless as Perry Ellis. It is the middle ground between staying and leaving, between wins and losses. And it lies between the pit of recruiting and entrance to the NBA. This is the dimension of new schools. It is an area which we call the Transfer Portal. Into the transfer portal we go. Your guy, May's high school graduate, Caleb Grill, is going to Missouri. What do you have to say for yourself?
1: Hmm. Well, to be quite honest, I don't really care. Uh, But, yeah, I guess good luck. I don't know, but not really. I don't know. I mean, it's Missouri, obviously, so boo. (laughs) But, like,
0: yeah, I remember a time where you toiled around with the idea of, well, what if Ku went after Caleb Grail?
1: I never said that. Well, never. I never I said that did. seriously. Okay. okay, okay. It's only joking. <laughs> but you know, he was a decent three-point shooter yeah. in his career. But this would, this is his third school or fourth school? No, third. Third, third school,
0: I, think, I think. Right? Yeah. UNLV.
1: No, no, this is his fourth actually, then, because he went to, he started his career at South Dakota State. You really? Yeah. Just followed TJ Otzelberger everywhere. I think so. Yes. Okay. Except for now. So, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) dude, I mean, dude, it's it's Missouri. Like, what? What do you want me to say? Oh, good luck in Missouri. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna say that.
0: Well, uh, in KU related news, I guess I should say, (laughs) uh, this was from uh, just a day ago. This is Rottchuck Sports Talk, not Missouri Sports Talk. I just wanted to get y'all riled up. John Rothstein reported yesterday. Maryland transfer Hakeem Hart tells me that he will be committing on Friday, which is tomorrow. For a second, I thought today was Friday. Uh, Final (laughs) list Kansas. Hello. Okay. Gonzaga, Villanova, and Miami.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: this is interesting for a couple of reasons. I've always kind of thought that Hakeem, Car- Hakeem Hart, if who? I can speak. Wait, who? Um, <laughs> Hakeem Hart would be a pretty good fit for KU. Okay. He's like a six foot seven, six foot eight wing from Maryland. Um, not like a great three point shooter. You're talking about somebody who's shooting in the low 30s percentage, like 33%. Uh, he is a good free throw shooter. Maybe that shows you that there's more untapped potential there in terms of his three point shooting. Uh, can score in, in a couple different ways. He's a good defender. Um, On Synergy, he's 84th percentile in defense. 86th percentile in man-to-man defense. So, kind of a good all-around That's defender. Good. You can play pretty him good. at the three or four positions. And when you look at his, his spot-up shooting specifically, which he would be asked to do more at KU, uh, 70th percentile in spot-up shooting. He's also 95th percentile in transition play, which we know KU likes to grab and go and get um, transition buckets. So, he's yep. also uh did really well in limited sample on like cutting and on handoffs uh, which are both good for KU I thought that he's been he, he would be a good target for you it seems though the staff has maybe prioritized some other wings over him not to the the fact of him not being somebody they would want or anything but
1: but he's definitely been under the radar
0: correct to where like it, it feels like he is kind of behind Harrison Ingram in terms of their love there. I don't know how much you would want both Ingram and Hart. Like I don't know if because both are low thirty percent three point shooters that you know, if you're gonna bring on another wing, if you get Harrison well, Ingram
1: And if you're getting Dickinson, you can't take a both sure, it's exactly. tough or something else happens. No, maybe if, if you do lose out on Dickinson,
0: you'd want both, but because he's committing as soon as Friday, before you're gonna hear from Hunter Dickinson, makes it kinda of tough there. Yes. Now now if you do wanna get into the The weeds of the scheduling, what it could mean here. Now, keep in mind, he's still going through the NBA draft process, so this is one of those situations where he would commit and basically say, uh, if I come back to school, this is where I'm going. I think that's stupid. I don't know why you do it because you're just going to upset your current fan base. What do you mean? Like, what if you just end up staying in the NBA draft, Yes. and now your fan base is going to always be like,
1: well, no, I agree with you. I think it's stupid. Like you were going to leave. Like, just wait heck? until yeah, just wait until you yeah. go to the draft and know for sure. Yeah, and then decide after that. But like, I guess I, I think it's stupid if you want to
0: to link, I don't know, dots together in some way and maybe read into oh, something that might not be there, there. There's
1: nothing I love more than connecting okay.
0: dots. <laughs> okay, All um, right, let's do some dot connecting here. Harrison Ingram got his visit rescheduled to next week. Interesting. Could you okay, be like? Yes. Could you yep, be like, well, one dot. The reason he got rescheduled is because Hakeem Hart's going to pick Kansas this week. Yeah, there dots we go. That could connect? I would. There not. we go. I would not. I am of the opinion that most likely, if the the proper dots to connect <laughs> would be that Kansas is still waiting on some decisions from Hunter Dickinson. They're waiting on visits from Harrison Ingram to where they're not ready for Hakeem Hart to commit to them. Which the dot I would connect then is that he's not going to pick Kansas.
1: That's just my opinion. One man's not what connecting. He, what if he? What if he picks Kansas, but then Kansas says no? They're like, "Is that a thing? Can you do that?" That's it. Well, <laughs> I've always wondered what would happen if like we're a what crew, if yeah right? like what if some <laughs> random transfer like posted like I'm committing to wherever <laughs> and, <choosing> and, <laughs> and then that program is like uh, uh, who? Like yeah, what I don't know. That? I that's guess a good question. I guess they just wouldn't give him a scholarship. Right, they wouldn't give him a scholarship But like he he still like, be like, well I'm going to walk on then Or like, I don't know
0: Well then he'd have to try out, he couldn't just like show up one day You don't think so? That's not how that works? No, they have like door codes and stuff like that he get escorted out <laughs> It'd be the same as if me or you was like, today I'm just like ah, I'm going to go be a part of the KU basketball team today And see what they're up to It'd well, be, like No, no he, not if he committed security,
1: to him. security. Yeah, but he committed But they never offered it <laughs> That's what I'm asking So do they just say like, no? Like, don't show up? Yes, and then what happens if he does show up? Nothing happens. Again, like security would come and be like, "You're not part of the team. Get out." So Uh, you're telling me, if I post on Twitter right now, I'm committed to KU basketball with, and I put there like, "Bill Self will not take that as." And then I show up at Allen Fieldhouse, and I'm like, "Hey, I committed. Look at my Twitter. I'm on the team." That wouldn't work. No, it would not. Do you remember
0: that one guy who like? He was trying to prove a point, and he, like, basically created a fake Twitter profile for some, like, high school commit. He The high school commit was fake. And he uh, he, he said that, I, like, I've gotten an offer from Alabama or something I like that. vaguely remember this. And basically, he just wanted to see if if some of the recruiting services would pick it up and be like, and, and there was one recruiting service. I won't mention which, but it basically picked it up and was like, oh, he got an offer from Alabama. And it just immediately made him a three-star, and it was a fake kid. Like oh no,
1: I vaguely remember
0: that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, well we got we got sidetracked. Yeah. Hunter Dickinson. All right, back is, to the uh, Headed to his visit tonight. Artario Morris has been going through his visit right now. Let's start with Hunter Dickinson. That's the one on everybody's mind.
1: Yep. The so, biggest thing to me is the timing of the Nicholas Timberlake commit on yep. top of Dickinson coming in. Like,
0: yeah, that's a nice little piece you get to flaunt ooh. around if you're Bill Self to be like to a guy who is a good passer. Yes. To be like hey, you're going to hit some extra passes to, to get three, and also he's going to open up the floor for well, it.
1: Well, and I also just think that having already a, a solid commitment in the fold that's going to help your team, you can go to our dig, and to be like, hey, look, we mean business, right? right? Like, we already have a guy that's going to contribute, that's going to be a good 3.2. Like, we are locked and loaded. We are pushing for not just the Big 12 title, for the national title. Like, And we're, we're making moves already, right? Yeah. So you can either be one of those moves or see it,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, the roster's a little more complete now. There was also that uh, video that came out earlier this week, or I guess it, it came out a while ago, but it resurfaced. It was from his podcast that he does where uh, this was back, I don't know, a few months ago, and he was talking about Dewan Harris and how much he loved his game as a point guard and, and oh, stuff yeah. like that. yeah, um, So, I don't know, just kind of interesting to keep in mind. I, I do think it, it makes you a little uneasy, though, if you're somebody who wants Hunter Dickinson to go to Kansas to where. Uh, literally this morning. So he's set to arrive, I think, tonight to KU. Literally this morning it was announced he's going to be taking a visit to Kentucky a week after. And it's not that yeah. that's, it's not mean, that that's surprising. Know. Of course he was going to visit other schools. It's yeah. the idea that, like, oh, no, it's his mind on the different Dude. things. You know what I mean? Like, you're overthinking it. What
1: if he, okay, what if somebody has interest from Kansas and KU, mm-hmm. and they, they commit but, to one without realizing which one they're committing to? Because they're both blue. They're both KU-UK. Okay.
0: Oh, you mean Kentucky. Okay. You said Kansas or KU. So I was oh, confusing. Oh, sorry. Kansas um, or Kentucky. Yeah, okay. They're both blue. And he doesn't know which one he committed to? And they're like, that I'm would be committing hilarious. to KU, Kentucky University. Yeah, he has, he has the two hats. And, <laughs> and he, one, yo, they, Yeah, he doesn't know which one it is. Yeah, one says UK, well, the other says KU. <laughs> and he's like, crap, which one's which? And he puts on the wrong hat. And he's like, he's I'm like, going.
1: I'm, I'm committing to UK, like, wait, the University of Kansas. Wait, which one is it?
0: And they just never know. He like keeps mixing stuff up. He's like, "I'm really excited to play in Allen Fieldhouse under head coach John Calipari." And they're like, "Wait, what? That'd which one are you going to?" The real uh, if that
1: was the reality. I would that'd be so <laughs> terrible. I'd be miserable. Anyway, this um, is so bad. Well, apparently, John Calipari and Hunter Dickinson
0: had a few call- phone calls this week, which I'm sure that happens well, with all the coaches. So
1: the Kentucky situation—they have Oscar Sheboy still. He hasn't well, decided what he's going to do. Yeah, he
0: could go to the draft. So you, you know, transfer, bringing Hunter
1: Dickinson could be the Kentucky staff way of saying like, "Hey, Oscar." Make a decision. It could be, dude. It could be, because like if he, if Oscar comes back, you obviously wouldn't take Dickinson at that point. Yeah. I think if you're Kentucky. Well, that Hunter you'd have, Dickinson you'd have to play two seven one. Down. No, yeah,
0: they, they couldn't take both. That Hunter Dickinson podcast, he on it, he said he told the current coach that he had a call with Coach Cal recently, and that other coach echoed and said, "Oh bleep," like two hundred Dickinson. That
1: I don't believe that. You don't believe that? I don't Lying believe that. Test early? No, I don't believe that. Okay,
0: no. Oh, that's why would really, he lie about that? That's so stupid. No. Why would he lie about that? No,
1: um, I. Oh, that's so stupid. I think this this is a couple right. things. Hold on, real quick. Yeah, Hunter is coming to visit. What are you What are you gonna do if you're like the one hosting him? Where are you taking him to try to convince him to come to KU? Uh, that's a good question. Um,
0: I mean, okay. Like, are so you taking him out to eat? Or well, are you yeah, taking so, him to? What are you doing? Well, you got to take him out to eat, obviously. Okay, where? Are you um, going? so I don't know. I don't know how it works. To be honest, in terms of the like, do they get a per diem? Do, does somebody give him like a? I don't Is know. that allowed? Do they get like a company credit card where they're like, hey, take them wherever you want? I don't know how that works. If you're giving me like unlimited funds and I can take them wherever I want. Where are you going? Um, I mean, ideally, we would like to have intel by this point on what his favorite food is, and we're going there. That's the cop-out okay. answer. The okay. non-cop-out answer is we're going to, like, I don't know, like a six-mile steakhouse or something. We're getting him a big steak. But again, if he's not, like, a steak guy or if he's, like, a I just love you chicken would, you wings.
1: Would, you wouldn't try to take him to, like, somewhere on Mass to show him, like, Mass Street? Like, oh, look at the oh, Lawrence. It's coming. It's the coming. folksy it's coming. Lawrence stuff. Yeah, I mean,
0: if, if he's like, oh, I love chicken wings. Like, that's my favorite food. Then sure, you take him to Jefferson's on Mass or something. Like It, it does depend on that. But then tonight. Lawrence as a college town, there are a lot of students that go out on Thursday nights. A lot yeah. of students, once you become, you know, sophomores you or juniors, get, yep. no you start scheduling. Exactly. Yep. So a lot of kids yep. go out. It's not like tonight <laughs> is gonna be a dead night. It's not like a normal weeknight for me or you where I'm gonna go home and try to be in bed <laughs> by ten o'clock, you know? Like it's different. So for Hunter Dickinson, uh yeah, you show him around mass tonight. You go around okay. to some of the fun places. Okay. He will be a celebrity everywhere he walks downtown I mean it's impossible to miss it I mean seven foot one right um, so yeah yeah that, that's definitely so you're somewhere.
1: saying if I go out to Mastodot I might see Hunter Dickinson maybe
0: if you pick the right place or wild. he could be in the uh, old Bermuda Triangle so to speak true um, yeah. there's but, been some other prospective K recruits that
1: have been taken to those places
0: yeah yeah definitely and uh, hey, famously
1: or infamously
0: yeah I'm trying to remember the name of the kid there was this one guy who transferred he was like a wing recruit and it, it was like the week before they ended up landing at Isaiah Moss Oh, I wish I Ray's could on, remember. Ray's on Tucker. Yes. Yeah. Ray's oh my Tucker. gosh. Yeah. Like Raison Tucker. Legend.
1: Infamously spent like 20 hours
0: in the yes. hawk or something. He just he and he didn't pick Ku. He I, I think he committed <laughs> he somewhere else just shortly went after. Went to
1: the hawk and just like had he just, the just wanted night a of fun of recruiting li- visit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just having that. He, he lifted up. I'm so glad you remembered that name. <laughs> um, yeah. Raison yeah, Tucker. That's great. That's great. So who knows? Maybe that'll be. I I do think there is a part of this though too. If you're Hunter Dickinson, you're trying to drive up your your bidding price of, of NIL as much as possible. Oh, sure, yeah. What drives it up more than a visit to Kentucky? Yes, you know, I agree with that. Yeah. Whether whether he yeah. really would go to Kentucky or not, I don't know. Remains to be seen. But <clears throat> yeah, exactly.
1: Um, yeah. It, it it this feels like a lot of smoke and mirrors type stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not going to allow myself to read into too much of anything involved with this for the time being.
0: But yeah, so that visit starts. Uh, Arterio Morris, his visit kind of wrapping up. We, we just heard from Michael, uh, and and he kind of mentioned how you know back at his time at, at Texas, he was known for being kind of that model citizen type. If here's the thing, I, we talked about Arterio Morris earlier this week, and yeah. I kind of settled on the idea that I was like, you know, I, you're Kansas, you're gonna get a good player with that scholarship. Why does Probably. it have to be this one? I will say though, he's a very good player, and if. If Kansas feels comfortable through the digging, because they're in these conversations, we're not. If yeah. they feel like comfortable they, they taking them on. They should
1: be privy to... Information know. that we don't know, yes, right, from the sure. public. Yes.
0: If they feel comfortable taking them on, I guess where I've kind of circled around to is who am I to say no.
1: Yeah, again, I, I still don't love we, it, when but... When we talked about it earlier in the week, the biggest issue is that this is an ongoing serious thing. Like, there's an actual trial that's right. going to happen. So I I think ideally it's a situation where you would maybe I don't th- I think it's I think Michael mentioned how it's scheduled for sometime in June or something. I think in an ideal situation you'd like to maybe wait for that to play out. But this but it might be a situation where you have to make a choice of either okay, do we want to take him on and just see what happens with the off the court stuff or do we just want to go a different route? Yeah. And that's where I think Kansas might run into at, at some point where they have to make that decision. And like you said, I think Kansas should be in a situation where they should be able to do their due diligence on this and should be able to to learn more about it from talking to the players specifically from learning more about it and they should have a better read on it than probably anybody else right? yeah so whatever decision they make I think you just kind of have to just trust I guess that they are they're making the right decision because you're right this is a situation where if you if you're Kansas and you decide to take them on and then it kind of blows up into something else, that's obviously a not good PR situation at all for that point for KU.
0: 100%. I, I wonder if this would be a guy that you, like, what if you hold the scholarship essentially to see for, will Kevin McCuller come back? If he does not, see if anybody else, like, randomly transfers last minute who comes yep. back Which from the draft.
1: very possible. That's exactly what McCuller did yep. last
0: year. And then if that doesn't happen, Artario Morris. And that okay. gives but you till June. Again,
1: I think, I think the issue you could run into is, like, what if Artario Morris wants to make his decision? And you might. But if you're KU, you, you, like you said, so you have it, to wait. Exactly. Then it comes down to KU. It comes down to the decision of would How you be willing to you? accept yeah. him even with that Leo situation still hanging over him, or are you just going to say, hey, you know, we can we feel confident we can go out and get a different guy that will suit the, our team and we don't want to have to worry about the possibility of, of the implications of that. Because uh, this could be a situation even more so where, like, maybe you decide to bring him on. Well, and then the legal stuff happens and what if what if that results in you have to suspend him or you have to you know you have to take other actions based on whatever out, outcome legally happens. So then you've just really you've just wasted a scholarship almost at that point.
0: Yeah, it's it's very risky at this point in time. Okay, uh, moving on to our next player, an update on Primo Spears. Georgetown guard Primo Spears will take an avi- official visit to Kansas and Bill Self beginning on April 25th. That would be uh, what so Tuesday.
1: Just- Yeah, this is uh, two days before Harrison Ingram's schedule.
0: Yes. Uh, Spears also has a visit planned to TCU starting on... Which, again, we can kind of talk about
1: the TCU thing where it's like... TCU's already brought in a couple guards, so I don't know what their level of interest is at this point.
0: Says he's received interest from Florida State, Mississippi State, and Arkansas as well.
1: how does Arkansas just get to have eight million transfers? What? I don't understand. You heard Michael talking about Hunter
0: Dickinson with Arkansas, too.
1: Yeah, I don't don't understand. They've already got like eight guys. What? Yeah. What 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 are we From doing? From that
0: standpoint, that would shock they, you. How
1: can they just get infinite transfers?
0: Yeah, no, I think I think at this point, if you're KU, um, I I don't know if this like this feels like a visit to me where he may be trying to sell himself to KU, but like again, you you can't take the risk that he's not going to be even eligible this next season, or that he just sucks. Yeah, I, <laughs> was that too harsh? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I think that. I don't know. I I would. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if, like, what if the visit just ends up getting canceled or something? I don't know. <laughs> I, we'll see. Well, they only have I don't, I don't know it's going to amount to much, I guess, is my way of putting that. And then uh, we got our last tier here, which is interest from Kansas. Jalen Tyson
1: from Texas Tech. That do anything for you? Yeah, that does a lot for me, actually. A, a great defender, a pretty good three-point shooter, I think. Not, like, elite, but pretty solid. Uh, would be another one of those wing guys that you could slot in, right, and... Probably would have a chance to be a starter potentially.
0: Yeah, he's six, 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 seven. You could play him at the two or the three. Yeah, he did average six rebounds per game, so you might be able to get away with some minutes of him at the four. But he's only, he feels he's like a, a skinny three. guy. He feels yeah, like a you want more of a two or three roll. Yeah, it um, feels
1: like it would be like a El Elmarco slash Timberlake Tyson. Yeah, and then KJ, and then. Dickinson, yeah, so if like you get him.
0: almost eleven points per game, over six rebounds at Tech last year, twenty nine minutes did it in the Big Twelve. Yeah, forty percent from three. It's not like super high volume. Um, it's yeah. you know three and a half attempts per game, but he is a good shooter. He would fit very well. He's the type where you know I said that I don't know that you can afford to have Ingram and Hakeem Hart because there might be. A little too similar, not good enough shooters. You compare Tyson with either of those guys on the wing and you'd be fine with both because of his shooting ability. Yes. Now there is a bit of a worry here. It'll be his second transfer. Started at Texas, played eight games, then went to uh Texas Tech, where he played this past season.
1: Yeah, they, dude, I have given up on trying to determine what the we don't, NCAA know. We don't is know. is willing to accept his waivers or whatnot. Like they, I just yeah. I I have given up,
0: man. They said they're gonna crack down on the second time waivers. Also, though, there is a clause in there about like Mental and verbal abuse, like you can get out of it. Uh, obviously, Mark Adams having some racist comments that might apply because that's a sticky situation. If you are the NCAA and you go
1: exactly like I, I what I don't well, I don't from count NCAA, that as being emotional yes, what abuse. What I don't understand like, what? from the NCAA standpoint is they're going to crack down on this that only just makes them look worse. Yeah, because you are going to have situations like like this, for example, where you have you know a guy who's transferring for whatever reason, and the NCAA is going to be like, no. And then they're just gonna look like they're just gonna look like they're the bad guy. Which, newsflash, they are the bad guy.
0: <laughs> Last one, uh, interest from Kansas. This was reported from John Rothstein yesterday. Raekwon Battle tells me that he's now also receiving interest from Kansas. He is a six foot five guard. He was at Montana State this past season. They actually played Kansas State in the NCAA tournament. He had a really good game. He had 27 points, over 50% from the floor. He started his career at Washington, so he is like a Power 5 level player. Uh, Played two years at Washington, went to Montana State for two years, had a really good final season. He'll have one more year of play. He'll be a uh, fifth-year player.
1: I would be interested, for sure. I mean, 17.7 points per game. But this feels like one of those ones where it's like, tells me he's receiving interest from Kansas, like... Like what? What right. does that mean? Right. Receiving interest. What does that mean? Does that mean? Does that mean you got you got a you got a KU athletics email that was like, hey, what's up? And that's 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 what that's receiving interest. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, he's he's pretty much a scorer and not much else. Like you don't have a lot so, of stats I'm elsewhere. So I'm receiving a lot of interest from KU. He's, uh, he's a good three-point shooter, not a great one. 35 percent, 4.3 attempts per game. Year before, 34.9 percent for his career, 31 percent. Um, when you look at his spot-up Which, shooting, listen, Jalen Wilson, percentile.
1: Jalen Wilson shot 34 percent. Yeah. So, like, if you get someone like Raquan Battle, you probably would be able to fill that similar percentage on maybe a little less volume, I think. Jalen shot maybe a little more. Or I don't know. Maybe not. I do wonder...
0: I mean, defensively, I'm looking at synergy. Now he was in the 29th percentile, so not a great defender and not a great conference. I I wonder if this was because if no, you remember, 25
1: percentage points better than Nick Timberlake.
0: That's true. CAA. But but here's my thing: <laughs> this reported interest was yesterday. Okay. What if this was KU reaching out as a backup plan in case Timberlake didn't reach out? It didn't commit. Could've to been. me, this feels like a guy that's not like he he would play not the on. same position as Timberlake, two three, yes. yep. you know. Uh, good offensive player not a very good defensive player yep
1: but timberlake's three-point shooting numbers are better yeah
0: kansas probably really cared about i don't think you need to replicate that you'd be better off with like jalen tyson or maybe a combo guard or or whatever at that point yeah
2: i don't hate it but i I don't
0: i don't love it either but interest from kansas we'll keep an eye on it he's nick springer i'm Derek johnson that is into the transfer portal here on rcst Uh, We will get to some more KU stuff, a little football news. We will also get to some Chiefs news coming up shortly. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Shock Sports Talk on KLWN. We got High School Sports Weekly at Burgers by Biggs on the corner of Wakarusa and Bob Billings coming at you tonight from six to seven o'clock here on KLWN. And uh, the news from yesterday—the big news—Nicholas Timberlake committing to KU. We talked plenty about that. We went into the transfer portal earlier in the show. If you missed any of that, check it out on the Best of RCST Podcast. But pretty much to summarize, it's big. It's big for uh, KU to land Nicholas Timberlake, and uh, they needed a shooter, and they went out and got him. And now there's a bunch of other visits that are happening and wrapping up, wrapping up for KU and. We'll see where uh, the chips lie at the end of uh, all of some of these other big players that are going to be committing throughout the uh, coming weeks here. Okay, so uh, we have our RCST Trivia Tournament filled up completely, up to 64 teams. We have a couple alternates ready in case anybody can't go. Um, So we are going to do a full bracket reveal show on tomorrow's edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We'll give you the entire bracket, Uh, go through some of the matchups and stuff. On the show, and then we'll start the competition this upcoming Monday. We'll we'll send out schedules if you're a part of it. Um, probably tomorrow. Uh, maybe tonight if we get a chance, but at the very least by tomorrow, we'll send out the schedule and then uh, have things starting next Monday. So we're looking forward to that with the bracket reveal. I wanted to uh, give a little teaser. I put out on social media last night who the one seeds were, but you know, if you listened to this in the past, you would have known who the one seeds were because it's just whoever made the phenomenal for the year before. So um, I wanted to go a little deeper and I'm going to release right now the top four seeds in every region. And I'm sure if you're not a top four seed and you're like, man, I thought I was going to be one, now you're going to be pissed. So that'll be fun because you can find out where your seed's going to be tomorrow. Um, I will remind this tomorrow when we're revealing the entire uh, bracket, but the seeding is, it's it's more of an art than it is a science, <laughs> uh, to say the least. But there, there are a lot that goes into it. So first of all, the people that make the, phenomenal four get the top four seeds or the one seeds the people who make the grade eight get the number two seeds in the next year's tournament obviously if somebody can't you know return from last year to this year then that changes things a little bit but then after that it's seeded based on we, we take account trivia wins so how many wins do you have in your individual matchup uh trivia correct answers right i mean did you go did somebody go three and one but they went seven and four in their trivia questions versus somebody going two and one, but they went 12 and two in their trivia questions and they just had a a harder road, right? So we take that into account. We take into account last year how you did. Uh, We take into account how many, you know, sizzling 16, grade eight, stuff like that do you have on your ledger? We also take into account um, when you registered, like that does matter. If you register before someone else, the tiebreaker is going to go to you in terms of seating. We do sometimes seed for storylines. I won't lie. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be like the NCAA and be like, no, we never wow. do that. No, I do it. I do it on occasion. Now, I, I'm not going to try to do it where I'm going to mess up the bracket. Like, I'm not going to be like, well, this guy should have been a four seed. But, you know, I'll just have him be a 16 seed so he plays his best <laughs> friend who's the one seed. No, like, I'm not going to do that. Um, and then the the last part of it, and honestly, this is the one that messes with the seedings the most. Um and, and I will say, for people who have never been in this before, you're just generally going to be seated lower. Like, the sooner you register for this event, the higher your seed you'll be, uh, even if you haven't played. Don't take offense if you're not, like, a high seed. It's not because I think you're dumb or anything. It's just because, A, maybe you haven't gone before. B, maybe you registered late. And C, here's the big one. A lot of times I'll have somebody who's like, well, they're four seed. Or, like, they're a six seed. But they end up being, like, an eight seed. Or a seven seed. Or something. And it just has to do with availability. It just has to do with scheduling. At the end of the day, that is the most important part of this because the trivia matchups themselves are going to work themselves out. You're going to play against each other. Ideally, I'd like to have a properly seated bracket so that people can, you know, not have to get through as difficult of a path as, as maybe they don't deserve to try to get some prizes in there. But... That's the most important thing. It's just lining up the regions, lining up the pods, lining, lining up the matchups to where, you know, maybe this guy's a 12 seed, but the five seeds, none of them can play at the same day and time that the 12 seed is. So if I move him to a 13 seed, there's a four seed and somebody else that can, you know, it. it that's the biggest part of it. So don't take it offense if, if you know, you're not a top four seed or if you're seated lower than you'd like. Okay. Use it as motivation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Use it as motivation. You know what's one way to, to move up the seed list next year? Just win, win this year, yes. right? I think yes. Isaac Henderson, who won it in year one, he was either an eight or a nine seed. Um, and then, gosh, I want to say Tyler Feist, who was like the runner-up in 2021. Yeah, let's see. Tyler... Ended up finishing third. He was like an 11 seed, maybe a 10 seed or something like that. I don't know. He nine seed. He was pretty low down the list as well. So, like, you can make noise. I mean, last year we had a a couple, like, eight seeds, the 10 seeds make long runs. So, again, don't really think too much of it. All right. With that said, here are our top four seeds in each region. Let's start in our upper left bracket quadrant. That is the 23rd Street Brewery region. Our one seed is the number one overall. It's our defending champion, Tyler Feist. And the two seed in the 23rd Street Brewery region will be Garrett Nice. Garrett made his trivia debut last year. He made it to a grade eight right away. So he gets the two seed in the 23rd Street Brewery region. The three seed in the 23rd Street Brewery region is Andrew Wymore. He had an early exit last year, He, but it, it wasn't his fault. He ran into a buzzsaw. Uh, <laughs> this, this is part of the fun. Doug Crumpton Murray, who you'll hear his name shortly. He was making his trivia debut last year. We didn't know how good he was. He got put like an eight or a nine seed, and he made a run to the grade eight and just like nailed a bunch of really hard questions. He was like, we had like a 1980s really hard question. He's like, oh, I was there, you know? Um <laughs> so that was tough for Andrew, but he, the year before he made it all the way to the phenomenal four. So he gets three seed in the 23rd street brewery, uh, region. And then the four seed in the 23rd street brewery region will be Brian Rainey, who has consistently made like the second round. I think he's made the second round all three years and he made the sizzling 16, one of his three years. He's just a consistent pro at this. So, uh, that is a, a fun little region with, Tyler as the one seed, Garrett as the two seed, Andrew as the three seed, Brian as the four seed in the 23rd Street Brewery region. Again, we'll give you the entire bracket on tomorrow's show and release it out on social media so you can get, uh, maybe we'll do like a video version, but at the very least have the screenshot version of it. Okay, uh, the next region is the top right region. That is the Pella windows and doors region. Eric Hansey, who is our... 2021 champion, and our 2022 runner-up. He's finished first, second, and third in all three years. Wow. Um, that so is an impressive One of lesson. each medals, I know. 72 and 3 on trivia questions. That's incredible. <laughs> um, he is the two-seed, uh, second one-seed overall, but he is the one-seed in the Pella region. His two-seed is Doug Crumpton-Murray who we mentioned last year. He was the guy who he was the story of the tournament and then he got upended in the grade 8. People (laughs) thought Doug was going to win the whole thing. He ended up getting upended on the only question he missed of the tournament all year long. But if I'm not
1: mistaken, he made a run in the football version of RCC Trivia also, right? Yeah, I
0: mean uh, we had uh, I think 24 contestants in the football version. I think a majority of them are in this basketball version. Some of them have never done the basketball version. Like Michael Plank who won our football trivia, he's in the basketball version for the first time this year. So uh, that's going to be fun (laughs) too, like comparing how guys guys do in football versus doing (laughs) basketball so that's already a tough one too with Eric and Doug. The three seed in the Pella region is Kyle Martin who has made the Sizzling 16 all three years so I mean this is as tough of a top three as you could ask for and I felt bad doing this for all these three guys as I was putting together bracket and I was like okay whose schedule lines up here between the guys who are all two seeds between the guys who are all three seeds and they just all happen to line up and all these guys I think are good enough to make a phenomenal four to win it all and it sucks that only one of them is going to come out of it. Would you say that's the bracket of bracket death? Bracket of death, 100%. 100%. hundred <laughs> um, percent. Again, this was not me trying to put it like that. This is just how the schedules worked out. And then Quentin Mir- Mirabelle, who he made his debut last year, and he did really good. He made the sizzling 16. He's the four seed. So that is a very, very difficult bracket in the Pello Windows, and Doors region. The third region, so the bottom right, is the Johnny's Tavern region. And the one seed there is Justin Nichols. He uh, was making his second trivia appearance last year. He's made two sizzling 16s, but last year he won third place, so went above and beyond from that the year before. His two seed is going to be Andrew Filer. Andrew has made two great eights. So he's been a consistent in this all three years. He consistently goes on deep runs. He'll be the two seed there. That could be a fun little clash in a grade eight matchup, but it's going to be tough for them to get there. The three seed is Ryan Goodwin, the uh, friend of Matt Tate, the head coach of the (laughs) Baker baseball team. So is he going to be, I mean, Baker's having a really good baseball year. Is he going to be too busy focusing on the diamond that he's going to lose focus on the field? But he's been a consistent too. He has two sizzling 16s he also was a uh, big mainstay in the football edition of this too with Ryan Goodwin. Then we have Aaron Mayer who is the four seed in the Johnny's region and he has been a consistent like he's made um the, the sizzling 16, he's made the second round before as well. Like he always knows his stuff, he studies. And that's a big part of this. A lot of the guys who do well in this, they do study. So keep that in <laughs> mind if you're looking for what to study um I don't know. Go back. You
1: go off the media guides, right?
0: Yeah. Media guides is a very big wealth of knowledge. So look there. Um, Look at past game logs of interesting games. Look at, I don't know, past rosters, stuff like that. Guys um, who have
1: their jerseys in the rafters. Yeah, guys there, who have, the, yes. Was there specific games or seasons where they were really well? Yes.
0: Really well? NCAA tournament runs. Lot who did of, Kansas beat? What seeds you know, were they? All
1: conference nominees. Yes. All American players. You know, learn that kind of stuff. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, so Aaron does a good job with that. So that's a, a fun little one through four, Justin. Andrew, Ryan, and Aaron. And then our last region is the bottom left region. That is the River Print and Skate region. Ryan Brown, who uh, was making his tournament debut um, uh, last year, ended up making it all the way to the Phenomenal Four. He was the one who upset Doug in the grade eight. He was, he was known as the sandbagger. Every round, he'd be like, I'm just hoping I don't go out on the first question. He'd be like, I don't think I'm going to make it that far. And then he made the Phenomenal Four. <laughs> Unbelievable work from Ryan. Uh, so the two seed in that region is going to be the, mo- the the biggest villain of RCST trivia. That would be one Nick Schwert. Um, he talks trash. He's brash. He used to run this event. He made it to the grade eight last year. I don't know how. I was mad about it. <laughs> he's going to go out early this year. I got a good feeling about that. And uh, the three seed in that region, this is the one that you are afraid of is Isaac Henderson. Because Isaac was our original champion back in 2020. He also made the phenomenal four back in 2021. Last year, he got upended in the second round. And now Isaac gets a lower seed. He gets the chip on his shoulder as a three (laughs) seed. He has less expectations, less pressure involved with it. Yeah, That's a little scary there. And then the four seed in the Riverat region is Sam Oliver, who went all the way to the grade eight in our first edition of it. Uh, didn't make it in the 2021 version, but then in 2022, he lost in the first round. But he's 16-2 and two overall on trivia questions in these two years that he's done it. So what version of Sam are we going to see in this event Um, that's a really good one through four there, too. So those are all our uh, top 16 overall seeds, our one through fours in every region. We'll have the full bracket reveal on tomorrow's show. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into RCST on KLWN. This will be my last segment of the day. I'm going to get out for High School Sports Weekly over at Burgers by Biggs on Walker and Bob Billings. You can come on out, too. You can listen, obviously, 6 to 7 on KLWN. Check out the Baldwin High School Girls soccer team. They're going to be joining us on today's edition. Next week, it'll be Veritas Track and Field and Baldwin High School Baseball. So, uh, always fun time if you can come out to Burgers by Biggs or whenever, just stop by, grab a nice bite to eat because they got awesome burgers, some cool sides and stuff. I will be enjoying a Firebird burger tonight to uh, get my spices up. All right, it is that time of the week. We get to our lie detector test here on RCST. First up in lie detector test, Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of the texas football team sarkeesian after the spring game we talked earlier this week arch manning had a tough time he went just five for 13 in the game had like 30 yards quinn ewers meanwhile hit like a deep ball touchdown to uh i think it was xavier worthy and he said after the game quote i think it's pretty clear to say quinn is our starting quarterback
1: obviously in reference to quinn ewers okay this is definitely the truth because arch manning stinks that dude's a bum. He literally sucks. Of course, he would go with Quinn Ewers. Like, what's, what's the what's the discussion here? The guy completed five passes in a spring game. I can complete five passes in a spring game. It's a spring game. Mm-hmm. What, what what are we doing? Yes. Um.
0: I okay. I uh, to be clear, I think this is truthful. Like, I do think Quinn Ewers is going to be the starting quarterback. Is it clear to say? <laughs> is it is that part of it true? You have Arch Manning. He I mean, you know how much money the Texas boosters paid for him to come in? Archibald. You know how much the Texas boosters are gonna be like Especially it's not like Steve what, Sarkeesian has earned this ultimate benefit of the doubt no, for Texas Boosters. No, he hasn't.
1: What do you think Arch Manning's middle name is? Archibald what? Not sure we can look it up. Well You think so Arch fun. Manning already has a Wikipedia page? Oh, I'm sure. Wait, his name is Archibald. I, I remember we were to? joking about yes. that earlier this week. I thought we were just joking. Oh. I don't know. I did I I thought that was his actual name. Mm. So Archibald Blank Manning. Are okay, here's Archibald interesting. what? Did you know that that Arch Archie Manning,
0: like the his grandfather, I guess. Yes. Yes. The the father of Peyton Manning, lied. Archie wasn't his first name. It was, was Alicia. It, also, it wasn't Archibald? Alicia was his first name. Wait, what? His, that can't be right. E L I S H A. His middle name was Archibald. <laughs> so it went by Archie. Alicia Manning. That doesn't He's not a pro okay. he's not a pro quarterback. Circle back to Archibald. Uh, anyway, what's yeah. Arch what's Archibald? I have his middle name. name.
1: Archibald blank.
0: You it should be something proper. Yeah, G- go give ahead. Give me the, and the guess. first
1: letter. Give me the first letter. C. Archibald.
0: It actually is kind of proper.
1: Archibald Charles. Manning.
0: Yes, really. It is let's Charles. Go. Yes, let's go. <laughs> that was great. We did not communicate. Archibald Charles Manning. Yeah. So he gets. So when he when when Archibald Charles Manning <laughs> is at a fine restaurant, he goes, "Hello, Archibald Charles Manning." But when Archibald Charles Manning goes Dude, out to like the the bars in Texas, England. his new
1: name is is Arch Charlie Manning or Chuck. Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, Tucker Charlie. Either one. either
0: one works in this situation
1: Archibald Charles is the next king of England
0: (laughs) yeah he is what are we doing that's great Uh, anyway lie detector test part of this Uh, no I don't think he's lying but I do think it's interesting if we go back to last fall do you remember how that whole thing was done with Hudson Card was it Hudson Card Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah and Quinn Ewers where like everybody was convinced Hudson Card won the job and it was like Steve Sarkeesian just actually like Trying to find out who the leaks were in his own house, basically, and um, it ended up being that I don't know. It, it was a very weird situation he about how he to, eventually announced Quinn <laughs> was at the starting. He was just
1: trying to flush him out. Yes.
0: Yeah, so what if <laughs> what if he's just I don't know, part two here or something?
1: Okay, but what's so what's the what's he trying to flush out? I don't is, know. As, is, so you're saying Arch is actually the starter, and he's just saying Quinn to try to flush out people that hate. No, I, I, I guess I, I, I think Quinn is the starter, what's, but what, I don't. I, yeah, I don't see the angle to that.
0: I do think it's. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it is truthful. I, I think this is more so a declarative statement because he's tired of probably hearing from the boosters like, "Oh, you got to start Arch."
1: Yes, that could be true.
0: DeAndre Hopkins is on lie detector test, uh, so I think this tweet has recently been deleted. But, um, yeah, it has been deleted. On Sunday, DeAndre Hopkins took to Twitter and said. I love that he was, oh, was speaking in third D, was person. Was it the D-Hop uh, doesn't care about money tweet? Yeah, it says, Hopkins doesn't want a raise. And he signed the end of the post with Nuke, which N-U-K, that's his like nickname, which I don't know why. I don't know what that means. But um, anyway,
1: uh, it's been his nickname for a while. So basically, he's saying... Because that- somebody, right, a reporter or somebody tweeted out that like there was discussions about a salary or whatever. And then he quote tweeted that and was like... Hopkins don't want no raise.
0: Yeah. And I bet you he deleted it because, well, okay, let's get into that. He deleted it. Okay. Does that mean it's a lie? No, I think probably his agent told him to it. That was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say.
1: Yeah. His, his agent, agent, was, agent like, was like, bro, wait a second. You may not want a raise. I want to yeah, raise. exactly. Okay. He's like, let me at speak,
0: least. Yeah, yeah. Dude, speak for yourself, bro. Right. Like, I understand you don't need <laughs> one, but I kind of want a new car. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Uh, I got to feed
1: my family, D-Hop. <laughs> like, come on. I need it. We need to make something. We need to, you know.
0: Uh-huh. So if he gets <laughs> traded, the, the talk has been that the new team would basically have to give him a new contract. He's only under contract this year and then next year. And that basically that's what that's in reference to, that that he would want to raise. His base salary this year is like $19.5 million. Next year is like $15 million. So basically uh, you would be getting him on a two-year, like $34 million deal, which is, is good money for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sure he would still want an extension, but basically, yeah, he's saying, I think what he's saying here is that I'm fine giving up some money to be on a winning team.
1: i to be honest, I don't really care anymore. Well, the just, Chiefs don't I have just, enough cap dude, to even afford that. So between like the OBJ crap and D Hop, like I'm just I'm out of energy. I just don't care. Okay, and Brett Veach is he's he's just gonna go do fine things and make me mad. So what? <laughs> I don't I don't care anymore. Whatever, I don't care. D Hop, fine.
0: Who cares? Whatever. Okay. No. Uh, so no, no, he's not
1: lying though. I I I think he probably is. Was not lying, and that's why he had to delete the tweet. Because if he if he was lying, why would he delete the tweet? Got but if question? he is telling the truth, but other people are like, "Wait a second, we uh, that's fine if that's what you think, but you know, delete it." That's what I think. Okay, I uh, I agree.
0: I do not think he's lying. Jim Irsay is the Colts owner, and he tweeted out: "This is on uh, April sixteenth, so whatever, four days ago, I think Sunday, maybe." For the 23 draft, we have many options. With the number four pick, we could stay put and take a quarterback, or trade up and take a quarterback, or trade down and maybe take a quarterback, or not, smiley face emoji. All options are on the table, but we like our position and are very excited. Fire up football. Okay. And then it has four pictures of (laughs) uh, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis. Okay. The first
1: word garble of that... The, yeah. the first For the 23
0: part it, draft, we have many options.
1: That part is true. all true. Of
0: because what? Yeah, oh. of course you have many options. What but do you mean? You can do whatever you players. want. Yeah. you can
1: do whatever you want. It's your pick. Like what? There's what? What? <laughs> yes. Good job. You just mm-hmm. you just said the things that you can do. Wow. Cool. Great. That part's all true.
0: Okay. Second part.
1: The final part is the interesting part. Oh, okay. Where he says we like our position, and are very excited. Uh huh. That part is interesting. Cause that could easily be a lie. Because if he doesn't like the position... Well, if you trade up or trade down, that implies that you did
0: not like your position. It, see,
1: exactly. Yeah. See? See, exactly. So the first bunch of crap where he's like, Oh, we, we could trade up, we could trade down, we could... That part's all true. Because that's... Oh, wow, that's what you can do with your pick. But the other part where he says we're excited about where we're at, that's the interesting part. I, I, I kind of have to assume it's a lie. Because I don't think he would say that if he was actually... Like, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think it's a lie. And I think the Colts are gonna trade somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think that part's a lie. Um Hmm.
0: Do like, you this is all just a bunch of crap. Okay, so here if we, if we take this sentence, with the number four pick we could stay put and take a QB. Or trade up and take a QB or trade down and maybe see, take a QB. Said, see, but not, that, that's stupid
1: because it's just saying what you could do. Yeah. So that's
0: it, all true. Right. It's like, oh, at this light, I could go straight, turn left or turn right. You won't believe which way all I go. All three
1: options are true. Yeah. Like, or
0: possible. Well, you heard it from me first. Sources are telling me that I could turn right or left at this light. I don't know which one, but whichever one I go to, you better credit me because I turned right or left. And if you don't credit me, I'm going to get mad at you and I'm going to sick my people out on you because, you know, I gave you both options. Exactly. Uh, So that's what Jim Mercer is going to do. He's going to be like, whenever, uh, like Adam Schefter, whoever leaks the news is like, um, (laughs) the are trading down, down. he's going to be like, you have to credit me. Please, I am the owner. That would actually be really funny. Uh, so I, I do think, though, the part about him saying, or trade down and maybe take a QB or not, like him saying that we might not take a quarterback, that's a lie. He is They're going to take a quarterback.
1: You would think they have to. I mean, how many years in a row can you get a veteran quarterback and it just is terrible and it doesn't work and they suck, that you just keep doing that? Like You know what I mean? It's like the definition of insanity. Every year you're going to bring in Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, whoever the hell, and they all stuck. <laughs> they no, haven't done why that don't you this go, year, though. Why don't you go that that's what I'm saying? Yeah. They're gonna draft a guy. Yeah, they get yes. So that part is a lie. The part about not drafting a quarterback.
0: Yes. Do you think uh there's anything to the notion of how these pictures are placed? Like, do, oh, we're the getting top into left a picture. So I, did,
1: I didn't realize we were getting into like, a deep
0: dive on the psychological. I know, I know. <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this the NCAA tournament? Like, the top left, Anthony Richardson, his picture is the number one overall. Then the top right would be the number two hmm. overall onesies. So CJ Stroud's the number two. Then Will Levis would okay. be the three. Bryce Young. Would I think be four. it's a
1: bit funny that the Anthony Richardson picture, he's running and it's directly on top of the head of Bryce Young, who's directly below him. So he's like running over Bryce Young. So Bryce <laughs> Young is out. I think. I'm looking at the CJ Stroud picture, he's throwing it, and so is the Will Levis picture also throwing it. Eh, I don't know. But
0: see, That's Will Levis is
1: throwing it off the frame, which yes.
0: implies it's out of bounds, so they're not okay, taking so him. He's throwing C.J. It away. CJ Stroud's throwing into the middle of the field. Okay, but then you have Anthony Richardson also running back. He might be throwing two Anthony Richardson in that. So they're picture. gonna draft both of them and make Anthony Richardson yes. a wide receiver? Boom. All right, we figured it out. <laughs> story, story solved. Uh, next one, Dylan Brooks is on a lie detector test. So, last night, the Grizzlies beat the Lakers. They evened the series one-to-one. Dylan Brooks is notorious for not being like, well-liked around the NBA. He talks trash. He um, is a, a good player. He really good yeah. defender. Um, puts up double-digit points per game and everything like that. Obviously, uh, doesn't draw the um, happiness of KU fans with uh, him being on that Oregon team that beat KU in the league. Yeah, uh... um, so, this was Dylan Brooks on his confrontation with LeBron James in the game last night. Quote, I don't care. He's old. I poke bears. I don't respect someone until he gives me 40. Okay. LeBron's going to put 40 <laughs> on him now, right? I kind of
1: think this is the truth, though. First of all, saying he's old, th- there's no lie there. No lie detected there. LeBron I mean, James 12. is old.
0: In the basketball sense. Yes. In the real he's world old. sense, he's not. He's still in his 30s, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, in the basketball sense, sure. Okay, so there you go. That, that part's not he a said, lie. He said, he I poke old. bears. I don't really know what that means. Well, it's it's metaphorically it means that like he's not he's afraid, like, not afraid to like he'll, make he'll confrontation, make confrontation even with somebody who's big and scary. Um, in the literal sense, yes, a lie. He does not actually poke bears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, maybe he does. Do. I don't know. He is that type of player. So no, yeah. it's not a lie. Yeah. Uh, I don't respect someone until he gives me forty. I think that's a lie.
2: It probably I, is. Here's
0: it's one of two ways for me. He okay. either never respects the other player, which is that's probably the because here's the thing is. LeBron he's going to put forty in a game and he's going to be like oh but this this or that right he's just never going like, to respect him. Well, I wasn't on him for all forty exactly, points exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or if somebody has like 39, 12 and ten on you and beats you by twenty, probably still earns your respect, right? Maybe. So it's either it's it's a lie that that part is a lie. Okay. But also okay. this is incredibly stupid. If this was on the stupid detector test, it would be a 10 out of 10. Why are you firing up LeBron James like this? That doesn't yeah. seem like a smart decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. We sh- we should, okay, we should absolutely do a stupid detector test. <laughs> we should absolutely start that. Uh, we'll do the stupid scale.
0: One through stupid 10 on scale. the stupid scale. All right. Uh, note that. That'll be good offseason <laughs> content for us. This one from Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer was uh, pitching pretty well. Three scoreless Indians against the Dodgers yesterday. And then he got ejected, and the the umpires went, and they looked at, uh, at his hands and stuff, and they said that he had sticky substance on his hand. He was caught yelling at the umpire on TV saying, it's rosin, <laughs> which, if you know, rosin is
1: the white bag it's that's behind bag. the mound. They're yeah. allowed to use rosin. Yeah. Do you the, believe him? The audio of this is even more, like, the actual, like, from the interview of this is even more hilarious, because he's basically like, I washed my hands with alcohol, I took some rosin, the umps were like, let me see your hands, and then he like showed them, and then they were like, oh, it's sticky, and then Max Sherwood was like, yeah, rosin sticky, you idiots, <laughs> like, what What do you mean, what, so I, I, I think this is the truth, because, I don't know, I mean, I guess, I feel like the whole like crackdown on inspecting pictures and stuff has kind of worked. Because we haven't really heard much about it since then, right? So yeah, I, think, I believe him. It's rosin. I yeah, don't... yeah. So I don't have any. I think that that whole crackdown is it has worked. So I, I don't believe that Scherzer probably had any illegal foreign substance on his hand.
0: Okay, I have a, I have a new piece of information for you that okay. might change your mind here. Okay, Max Scherzer went to Missouri.
1: Mm, interesting. <laughs> definitely a lie. Definitely <laughs> cheating. Definitely has a pine tar all over his hands <laughs> and his hat behind his ear <laughs> and his belt.
0: And anywhere else you can put it. <laughs> okay, there we go. We got to the bottom of that <laughs> one. Uh, this one, last one. Diamondbacks manager, Tori Lavulo, when asked about the future of Madison Bumgarner in the rotation after his ERA spiked to 10.26, quote, I don't know. I don't know. As we do with every situation after every start, we group up as a staff and then sit down with the front office and figure out what to do next. That's what we're going to end up doing. The staff will sit down and figure out what's going to give us the best option in five days. We do the same thing after every start. And we'll do that again. And today, Madison Bumgarner was released. <laughs> Or, or he was DFA. DFA'd which he was yeah, DFA'd, yeah. For which I think after
1: like four or five days he's a free agent. Right, right. If he clears waivers. Yeah. Yes. So obviously, I guess that means this is the
0: truth. I guess. I mean it's it's possible he didn't know. Like he didn't know what was gonna happen. But do you think I kind of I mean, now
1: listen, you are a giant's guy, so you yeah. probably have a you probably have a soft spot for Baumgartner, right?
0: Oh, of course I do. I mean, at this point in time, like it makes sense. You're over a ten ERA. I'm not saying they should have like held on to him or anything <laughs> like that. Um the Giants can't hit left-handed pitching. Madison Bumgarner was a pretty good batter. I say the Giants just sign him as a pinch hitter. <laughs> Pitch from the right... Or uh, hit from the right side. Um, I kind of get the sense... Of, I mean, you could make the argument that, like, him saying, I don't know, like, we have to evaluate the situation, that in that time he already knew that he was going to be cut. Because... Okay, true. Part of me thinks that, like, they were like, going into that start going,
1: this if he could sucks, be it for him. Yeah, right? if he sucks, like, we're done. So I could see that. But honestly... This seems like like a pretty harmless quote. Yeah, Yeah. you wouldn't decide that like in the dugout. No, no. Like you're in the third inning, and you're like, you're you're gone, Yeah, you're like, oh, dude, your ERA is over 10 now. Yeah. See
0: ya. Do you really believe this part, though? The staff will sit down and figure out what's going to give us the best option in five days. We do the same thing after every start, and we'll do that again. That implies that it's about every pitcher. Do you think after every start, they're like, they we need to DFA him?
1: They definitely, well, if if they're doing that, (laughs) they have a lot (laughs) of problems. Like a significant amount of problems. Yeah, they do. If they're doing that, so I, I, that I mean, I don't even know how good the Diamondbacks are this year.
0: Do they, do they suck? They're pretty good know. right now. Are um, they pretty good? Yeah, they've been. They have. They have a bunch of young players up, like former
1: top prospects. I don't think I've ever watched first a in the NL single NL West right now. Diamondbacks game in my entire life. Okay, I got to be honest. <laughs> well, Just you might this dead, year. Being dead serious, could be playing in the world. They series? play on the West Coast, so their games all start at ten o'clock. They're the Diamondbacks. Literally, why would I care at all about them? They haven't been in the. They haven't been relevant. In the past, what, t- 10, 15 years now? And they went to the World Series in, like, what, 2006, I think? Or something? Mm, Didn't they?
0: I don't know. Late 90s, they won it. Or was that yeah. early 2000s? I don't know. I don't Whatever know. it was. I 2006, was... Brandon Webb won Cy Young, I think. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyways, I don't care about the <laughs> He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This that's is not a lie! Rock Chalk Sports Talk. as our lie detector test. Uh, I'm going to head on out of here, get ready for some uh, high school sports weekly RCST replay with Michael Swain next. This is RCST.